0: is Kashka and welcome to Plant Voices podcast from Tapewood Community Garden, where we tell local stories about gardening, food, nature and climate change. COP26, the UN Climate Change Conference, is coming to Glasgow in November and decisions taken by world leaders at this meeting will determine the future of our planet, as they plan their next steps in tackling climate emergency at a global level. So, an incredibly important meeting, really. It's no surprise that many people in Scotland are very excited about it, and many projects have sprung up to celebrate it and raise awareness of climate emergency and action ahead of this event. Today, we hear from a local young musician, Joe Stark, about one such project, 100 Days of Green Nevis Challenge. She's interviewed by a dynamic duo. Our regular field reporter, Kathleen, is joined by Heather, who is a community education student from Dundee University on placement with Plant just now.
1: Hello to everybody for the Plant's Taipot Community Garden podcast. And for March, Heather and myself, Kathleen, is going to be interviewing a young musician from the local Doing the Road, as we would say, in Newport, although I think Joe, you're actually based in Edinburgh now, Mm -hmm. and who's been involved in an absolutely fascinating climate challenge. And we're really, really keen, Joe, to hear all about it. So I'm gonna start, Joe, by just asking you to, I mean, I know you've 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 got lots and lots of things on your CV, but maybe if you could just introduce yourself briefly as a musician. And if you can tell us a little bit about this amazing Nervous ensemble that you're involved with at the moment,
2: Fathom, no hi! It's so lovely to be part of this podcast. So I, Joanna Stork, I grew up in Newport and Tay, just next door to Tayport, and then I mm. gradually made my way over to Tayport, and then I came to Edinburgh to study music. So, in a nutshell, I'm a multi instrumentalist I currently freelance as a musician I teach music I compose of course write music that's that's kind of me at the moment yeah I first got involved with Nevis just at the end of 2019 and that happened to be the first and kind of last tour that I did with them before the pandemic broke out but Nevis have been established since I think Middle of 2018, and it's made up of a mixture of kind of young professionals and amateur musicians of kind of all ages, although quite a large demographic are students from the Royal Conservatoire in Glasgow. And the idea is that we can take music to anyone, everywhere. So they've been on top of Ben Nevis
1: giving performances, they've been to St Kilda. Wow! They've, yeah, it's, it's... it's Fantastic! Oh, that sounds amazing! What a <laughs> great group to join! Wow! <laughs> They're amazing. Like, you
2: know, there's... Apart from obvious kind of logistical obstacles, there's kind of no rules really about what you can and can't do as long as there's, there's a means to do it and there's funding for it. And we've got a group of people that are enthusiastic enough to, to go and do something like that. Yeah. Normally we'd be fitting in about, you know, maybe sort of seven to even ten performances a day, depending on the scope of the tour Mm -hmm. in lots of different places. And so during lockdown, we couldn't do that. And there's been projects Mm -hmm. for the musicians to work at home. And then that's kind of been put together in one big sort of collage Mm. Video, So it's kind of like we're performing together, but a
1: miracle of technology. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I've heard you play at a friend's house with your folk duo, Shamblestone. Oh, yes. With your pal, Elizabeth. So that's kind of folk orientated, that kind of music, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And maybe you could just say a little bit about your Tayport connection. You said that you kind of came across to Tayport. Yeah,
2: I, well, I, I guess it all started when I was very young. I started learning music with Janice Gibson in Tayport on the piano. Yep, and then I started having fiddle lessons with Morgan Elder. So I had the Tayport connections there, and then my dad moved through to Tayport. So I sort of became closer to the Tayport community at that point, and I've kind of been there until I moved through to Edinburgh.
1: Speaking about one of your projects, which is what you're here to do, of course, is who thought up of that brilliant challenge to get everybody involved in this kind of activity for climate change? And maybe you could just explain to the listeners what exactly this challenge is. So the challenge is called
2: 100 Days of Green Nevis. And I remember... I'm part of the Nevis Players Committee which is a you know a subsection of players that speak on behalf of the the whole orchestra and I remember we were talking about oh how can we kind of we need to do something for COP26 mm-hmm. and really engage our public and engage the musicians as well and someone came up with the idea of this 100 days because in the in the classical musical world especially there's quite a famous Challenge that's been around for a while called 100 Days of Tiss which I think was established by Hilary Hatton, who's a classical violinist, and kind of thought, oh, how about, you know, 100 days of green and people can choose their activity so it, it doesn't have to be too demanding depending on your situation at the time. And this has partly been kind of further established and promoted by our sustainability manager. Georgina McDonald Finlayson. She's a, a violinist mm-hmm. in Nevis ensemble and uh, she's been working as the sustainability manager for maybe about a year or a bit longer, well over a year now.
1: Excellent.
2: So we're very we're very lucky to have her. She's done a lot of work sort of within and out with Nevis kind of making communications with other classical music ensembles and getting them on board with well, the green campaign, but also just the sort of sustainability approach, just kind of making sure that as musicians, we're making sure that we take responsibility mm-hmm. for our uh, our carbon footprint and thinking about, you know, all the ways in which a musician's lifestyle can further contribute
1: to that. Well, gosh, wow, wow. I mean, I am just so impressed. That just is fantastic. So um, I don't know, before we speak about your own challenge, I want to know how everybody else is doing, uh, especially the hedgehogs, because one of your team (laughs) is looking after the hedgehogs. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting challenge. And just because the hedgehogs are in danger of becoming extinct here. And I mean, there were so many other brilliant ones, planting wildflowers trying to go vegan and vegetarian Mm -hmm. are you how's everybody else doing do you keep in touch with them and what's happening there with everybody yeah I try to have a look at as much as I can whilst
2: I'm sort of if I'm kind of posting my own thing I have to admit I'm not good at sort of keeping up to date on social media I've sort of had some time where I'm just not really on it as much but yeah it's it seems like people are doing really well and the variety of different tasks that they've set themselves I think the hedgehog one is just wonderful Mm. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and then there's people that are walking or cycling to raise money for maybe conservation charities or tree planting there's going vegan people are kind of similar to myself like looking at um, endangered species and Mm -hmm. creating musical improvisations based on that there's people keeping tree diaries, people are trying to cut down their single use plastic and just kind of exploring lots of different methods to to reduce your your carbon footprint or your, your plastic usage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think it's been fantastic for both the musicians and both for, you know, the wider public to be that even just undertaking a very small task daily you know it's it's very immersive it can
1: it can really say a lot and it can really make a big difference yeah 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 I I mean I couldn't I couldn't agree more about that. I think a lot around, you know, there's a lot of discussion around climate change and the climate emergency and it can feel quite overwhelming. But it is amazing, I think, just very small steps that each of us as individuals can take. And I I thought there was, I forget the name, but there was somebody in the group who's decided just to give up cheese. And I thought, well, yes, (laughs) even that, you know, is absolutely Definitely on the right track. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, great, as I say, great variety. I loved looking through and seeing how everybody had challenged themselves in very, very different ways. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Joe, for that introduction to all. I'm going to hand you over to Heather now, and I think she's got some very specific questions to ask about your personal challenge and how that is going. Heather? Yeah, hi,
3: Jill, by the way. Um, So I was wondering if you can tell us and the listeners about your individual
2: challenge that you've chosen to take part in. Mm -hmm, Sure. So it's been quite ambitious and it's sort of had to be cut down a little bit lately, but I wanted to try and engage daily doing a little bit of research on a different topic that relates to the climate emergency and then to kind of sum up what I learned in a little song or a little jingle and I started doing that every day I kind of thought you know it could just be 10 seconds just a, a short fact that I learnt, and then I think the process through which I work I tend to like to develop it a little bit more so it ended up becoming maybe kind of a minute maximum that I would write every day and even that isn't very much the time goes really quickly so Yeah, my challenge has been trying to sort of communicate different things that you can do, but just maybe in a more engaging way, because I know for myself, things stick better when I've got something like a piece of music to sort of attach to it. And that will kind of, you know, that reminds me of what I'm actually singing and reading about. Yeah
3: absolutely that reminds me of like in high school that people would make up songs to do with like maths equations or like shapes (laughs) and it always just helps you remember and it it sticks out and it's more fun to listen to. Exactly. Yeah so I was wondering because I'm particularly interested in the why you chose to go down that particular route when I was looking through the the various different things it was always interesting to to hear what people were doing and like the the reasons they picked that.
2: Mhm. I guess like I knew that I was already like I without sort of making myself sound sort of, you know, like I know it all, but I I suppose I was already aware of quite a lot of things I could I could do to sort of cut down on emissions like I think I live quite a sort of low carbon lifestyle anyway. Like I don't drive, I'm vegan and I'm trying to be aware of kind of plastic that you know I'm using or cutting down on that. And I just thought, you know, I could I could I could, you know, do more of that and and find another way to to lower my footprint. But I just thought there's actually a lot I'd really like to learn just by doing some research. And as I say, you know, things would stick better by turning it into music. So I think it was partly that I just wanted, you know, I wanted an excuse to create some more music especially during the lockdown that's you know we're stuck inside a lot and it's nice to have as well as like my music practice that I do in my teaching just you know something to motivate me to to write and to research and to you know potentially get a message across to, to other people and just I think it's been really nice to have that connection with people just seeing them kind of engaging with what I'm doing, and you know, the same with the other nervous musicians. You sort of feel like part of a, a bigger community and a bigger sort of network when you can share ideas across with each other. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And I have to say, I've really enjoyed the little songs that I've heard from your hundred days <laughs> so far.
1: Yes, ditto. <laughs> <laughs>
3: What would you say has stood out the most from your research that you've done throughout the, the day so far?
2: There's been so many different things. I mean, I started basing them on a future learning course that I was undertaking called like Climate Change to Science. So I was learning a lot about fossil fuel and uh, greenhouse gases and you know what, what the terminology actually means because it's, mm-hmm. it's easy to talk about global warming in sort of quite a vague sense but yeah I didn't know that basically as the earth starts to get warmer that triggers a reaction for that to accelerate fast and faster even if the maybe the same amount of emissions are being produced so I didn't really know about that and then it can work in the opposite way as you start to cool then things can accelerate getting colder again. I suppose I've I've tried to like theme the weeks that I like each week that I write a song. So like recently I did a week on food waste and I didn't know Mm -hmm. just how, well, I was aware that supermarkets probably threw out a lot of their produce because of the misunderstanding of food labels. But it turns out that because of this misunderstanding, it's the consumers that don't know when food produce is safe to eat and how long it can last. So even things like that, or water usage, that was an interesting one. I didn't know that water use accounts for 6% of all carbon dioxide emissions in the UK. So that was quite surprising. It kind of made me think, yeah, you know, saving water isn't just about thinking about what's what's going on on the other side of the world where there isn't water, it's actually about emissions as well. Yeah, so there's been, there's been quite a lot of things. Some of them I was already aware of but I just wanted to you know maybe get the figures and kind of realise just how you know maybe how serious it was I suppose.
3: Yeah absolutely I I recently learned some more like statistics for things that I knew were happening to do with like the coral reefs for example I knew that even just a, a two degree increase of global average temperature that could see all coral reefs wiped out. And that that's mm. really stood with me since I learned it last week. And it's it's amazing. You know these issues are going on and then you get the statistics and you just you really get the clear picture of it. and it's it's horrifying to
1: learn.
2: Absolutely. I mean that's a big one, marine life mm. and water contamination, plastic pollution. It's so, so sad. You see it everywhere, really. You see litter, you know, all these beautiful areas and green spaces and and rivers and oceans and seas and uh, we really need to look after these if (laughs) we want to want to kind of preserve this this lovely earth that we have we do indeed
3: yeah so i'm i'm amazed by the fact like when i discovered your project when i was doing some research into it the idea of making the songs every day because that although you you mentioned them being you know originally maybe 10 seconds and then going up to like a minute and you mentioned how fast that time goes the thought of you know planning to make something new every day it just blew me away and it blew my mind completely you obviously mentioned how you'd made amendments to your challenge over time as you did it I was wondering just more about that and how you're you're finding making these new songs
2: Mm, it's quite ambitious I think in my head, as I say, I was just thinking, like, to make it really manageable, I'll keep it really short. But I've always been not very good at being very succinct, <laughs> whatever I'm doing, really. So it did kind of spiral into something a bit bigger. But it's been really fun. It it depends when I'm writing them and, and what's going on sort of in my work. Like, I managed to get through most of February doing a song every day. So I was pretty chuffed about that. Oh. And then I think since then, like typically doing freelance work, you don't know if work's other work comes. And then so, you know, I've taken on a few more things and I just need to kind of cut down a little bit, maybe the time that I have to spend on this. But I mean, I'm certainly engaging with it just in the same way, just maybe not writing every day, but I'm drafting something over a couple of days and then I'll I'll record it. So I'm hoping that I'll still get, the same kind of engagement that I had before. Cause I think in some ways doing something every day, like I was never someone that would post anything on social media consecutive days. And I think the, you know, two or three a week is is quite good. It's a nice goal still to have. And you mentioned again
3: earlier a bit about with the way you work and the way you create music and that. And I'm always intrigued by people's creation process and whatever they do especially in music, so I was wondering, because I, I remember one, it was on Greenhouse Gasses and that, and the melody was was very, very cool on the cello and that, and I was wondering, <laughs> does the topic kind of have a say? Does it kind of persuade how the melody goes or is it just kind of dependent on what your mood is that day or how you're, you're feeling?
2: It's so interesting. What I'll do is I'll, I'll decide on what I want to write about and it might, just so happened that you know i've got an email from one of the many eco blogs that i follow and then it's it's brought up a theme and i kind of think oh yeah that's that's good i've you know i want to look into that and i usually write down quite a lot of facts and statistics and i'll either sort of construe my own interpretation of that or i might you know i might quote it in the song and then i'll i'll credit where it's where i've taken the text from and set music to it so it's usually the doing the research and just sort of deciding what I want to say that takes the most time. And then I have been using a rhyme scheme quite a lot, and that can also take time just trying to, not to make it obviously sound like I'm just trying to find a rhyme to go with this. So I, I either use a rhyme scheme or I kind of think about the meter that I've got, maybe a particular section of text that I want to use and I use that to sort of inform the rhythm what kind of time it's going to be in and then a melody usually kind of shoots out from there so it doesn't take me very long to get a melody because I love improvising so much I think the folk music feeds into that a lot especially coming up with melodies so yeah that's that's kind of how it goes and then I just have to remember what I did I usually record a section of an idea so I don't lose it and then I just kind of practice that over and over until I've got it and maybe I'll decide what what instrument would fit best to accompany it if I want accompaniment or some kind of underlying beat going along
3: wonderful and just out of curiosity I know you mentioned you're a multi-instrumental musician what instruments do you play?
2: I started learning on the piano as a say of Janice and then I took up the violin but I always sort of say that my main instrument is cello just because I studied cello on my music degree so that's kind of I guess that's my more kind of classical instrument but to be honest I I play everything on the cello so it's, it's kind of a mix of, of strings and piano and then obviously like I'm no singer but Part of doing this challenge was to get me to sing because I love singing as well. And I've been part of a choir whilst I was doing my studies in Edinburgh at St Andrew's and St George's West Church in the city centre. So kind of through doing that, I got more interested in singing. And I just thought, well, I may not have, you know, a trained voice, but it's never stopped me from getting a song out in the first place. So,
3: And I would have to disagree with you. I I would say you're quite the singer. You have a lovely
2: voice. (laughs) Thank you.
3: So can you tell us what do you intend to do with all the songs when the 100 days are over? Is there kind of a wider audience you're hoping? Obviously, you're hoping to engage with as many people with this challenge, but is there kind of something you want to do once you've got them to collate them all together at all?
2: Yeah, I'm still kind of deciding, really. Some of them are just kind of very quick and spontaneous and I might not necessarily do much of those but the ones that i particularly like or i've maybe had good feedback on i quite like to record them properly i might extend them and turn them into sort of a bigger or a longer song but yeah it'd be nice to collect them into i don't know maybe a, an ep or maybe uh i did think about even just you know taking some of them put them on youtube so at least mm-hmm. they're available i definitely like to do something more with them once the challenge is over obviously I won't have a hundred songs but I don't mind that because it's more about what I have managed to do and what I've
3: learned that sounds really amazing right now I'm in my third year of studies of community education at the University of Dundee Mm -hmm. and I'm just thinking of different like community works and things like that and even in more formal education settings how if even just uploading them on YouTube without how it could be used to bring about the topic of climate change in a more engaging fun way rather than just here are the statistics kind of thing so i think that would be an amazing resource for so many people mm-hmm. and i i for one would be thrilled if you did something like that and extended them
2: i would love that if people wanted to you know to use them and, and were interested
1: Just following on from Heather's last question there, there's a wee quote from one of the many climate workshops I've been into, and it says, we get the data from the scientists, but the artists are there for the human connections. And I just wondered in a general way how effective you think musicians and the wider artistic community can be or should be involved in the climate change, climate emergency.
2: Yeah, I think it's really important that they are creating work Mm -hmm. and engaging their audiences in the climate emergency, especially if you think, you know, these are influencers and these are public figures that will have quite a big following and that's a lot of people that you can influence if you are going to then talk on a very serious theme Mm -hmm. that comes out of
1: the music that you're producing. I was asking some artist friends about this and, you know, they felt that their source of inspiration had to come from their own interests rather than being influenced by things like climate change. So I'm really interested that you and the the orchestra's commitment to this kind of response to the climate emergency.
2: Well, I can tell you my sister, Susanna Stark. Yes. she She's an artist based in Glasgow and something that spoke to me and and kind of made me think about your question here was Mm -hmm. was that the last exhibition she did in fact she was working with found objects oh she called them found objects and it's almost like upcycling materials and she actually kind of collaborated with my mum on this because my mum loves doing beach walks and kind Mm -hmm. of picking up all the sort of bits and bobs pieces of litter or discarded items that you find on the shores Mm -hmm. She would bring the objects to her, and then Susanna managed to sort of arrange them into figures that that almost looked like human skeletons, and and it just it just kind of spoke to me like, oh yes, you know, we're all just consuming and turning into plastic, you know.
1: I know these have been really difficult times for artists, musicians, for just, well, everybody really, but do you have any idea when we will see Shamblestones again or Nevis Orchestra out and about? Have you been speaking about any possibility for plans? It's funny, Esa and I just had a,
2: a chat on the phone yesterday and we were kind of thinking about things we could do and at the moment... We realised that we hadn't put our 2018 EP up on Bandcamp or just like digitally distributed. Yeah. We only had the, the CD, so we've gone and done that. And then we're thinking of ways that we can still write and record some some new sets distantly. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping to do a bit of that. As for live gigging, I know that she in particular is very busy, so it might not be until sort of August or maybe the autumn. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still hoping to to keep writing and to keep engaging people with the music. And then with Nevis, it's not likely we'll be able to give outdoor performances yeah. until maybe August mm-hmm. time. Like normally we would have about three big tours a year,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but there's still quite a lot of
1: online projects that we're doing, especially with communities. Great. If you want to, you can put in your diary Here in Tayport, there's a few of us getting together to plan a climate festival for the end of September. We want to make it lots of fun, lots of music involved. So we might have to put you on the list, Joe, to to come (laughs) along and help us out with that. And I'm just going to add, when you mentioned about the food waste, Mm -hmm. that at Tayport, we had, before the lockdown, we had started a community fridge. Mm -hmm. They are, uh, presumably in your research, you've kind of heard about them, Help you know are you feeling optimistic about the way forward because it's quite an emotional roller coaster dealing with all these different issues how are you kind of just yourself emotionally feeling about it all
2: if i see you know online lots of people are doing their tasks or engaging with climate change you know it's very positive to see that going on and then you remember oh this is just a very you know small subset of people in my bubble that are doing this and I don't know how people are engaging sort of more widespread I suppose what I've realized is that really most of the emissions come from big companies it's only kind of through government legislation and persuading them to you know to set targets and to sort of more sustainable goals then I think that's where the big changes will come so I'm hopeful I think people just need to speak out more and have kind of further engagement within the community. It just it starts from you know word of mouth or just a just a very small task, and that's the whole point of the hundred days of green. So you know if we can kind of mobilize people to to sort of almost become more attached and maybe more emotional about the whole topic, then I, I think that can go a long way, and that can communicate to people higher up, which is what we need.
3: I definitely look forward going forward to follow everyone's little the different challenges that dunks there's such a wide variety and i look forward to hearing more of the little songs and learning more <laughs> through the songs and to see what happens oh thank you once the 100 days are over as well to see
2: mm-hmm.
3: for example for people that are maybe trying veganism or vegetarianism see if any of that sticks if it continues past 100 days mm-hmm. if it becomes a more permanent fixture in their life and it's interesting to see obviously the future be nervous as well
2: Mm -hmm. well I can tell you the plan is to do another hundred days later on in the year so sometime closer to COP26 and that's supposedly going to combine sort of a little bit more community-led engagement so that's something to look forward to I don't think I'll do another hundred songs but I'll certainly come (laughs) up with you know I'll come up with something else to do then I don't know if you both you have any you've been following what I've been doing do you want to suggest anything that I could write about that you'd be interested in seeing me make a song out of?
3: For Plant for Tapework Community Trust there's a blog and right now Mm -hmm. while I'm on placement I'm writing a series of blogs all about to do with fast fashion and the impacts on Uh, climate and trying to be more conscious and moving to more sustainable clothing Mm -hmm. because fast fashion is one of the world's biggest polluters and things Mm -hmm. like that so Mm -hmm. It's it's something that I've I've had an interest in for several years now, but with the series of blogs, I've really dived into it.
2: Yeah, definitely. I've only really touched on it so far with regards to kind of clothes washing and plastic fibres sort of coming off the clothes. So I'd love to like read some of your blogs about it and then maybe use that to influence what I write.
1: Do you know when your 100 days are officially up, Jo? Because I think listeners would be very keen to hear from you in some form, whether it's a blog or a just to let you know that Jo has finished her 100 days and the orchestra has finished her 100 days. Yeah, I remember
2: counting it at the very beginning to kind of think about, OK, how many weeks is this and how can I structure the songs? Uh huh. I think it's something like May the 11th. I think
1: that's oh, gosh. the 100 days.
2: Yeah, I'll definitely be reflecting on everything after that time and we'd definitely like to do a, a kind of recap
1: of what I've done in that time. Great well we wish you and the Nevis ensemble the very very best of luck with the rest of your challenge and indeed with the rest of the year and hopefully we'll catch up at some point. Thank you. To hear your music yeah. Very good.
2: Thank you. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to, to come and interview me. It's been really a pleasure. And I hope the listeners enjoy what we've been discussing about today.
1: I'm sure they will. Great. Thanks very much.
4: Why must we exploit others for our necessities, for clothes we wear once, whilst they wear away? Then we forget it the next day. Shop till you drop could become wear till you tear. And even then, it's uncommonly rare for someone not to hold on to at least one pair of jeans that hold powerful memories, even though they're split at the seams. Swap shops, charity shops, eBay and Gumtree, there's plenty of resources that could help us shop guilt-free. But meanwhile, we must let our favorite brands know The damage and carelessness their production methods show and what they owe to the people and children who slave away picking cotton that's toxic for them and their waterways whilst not getting paid a decent living wage just so we can buy it cheap and fast and own the same clothes as each other what a disaster when we've been caught wearing it before meanwhile their quality of land becomes so poor the true disaster sees animals wiped from their homes and landfills filled higher with clothes that no one owns.
0: As you've heard at the end we are also very excited about COP26 and together with others in Tayport we are planning Tayport Climate Festival for the last weekend in September. We would like to celebrate our planet and imagine what a better future for us here in Tayport and across Scotland may look like. If you or the organisation you are involved with would like to help out or put on any fun activities for the festival, please get in touch on tayportclimatefest at gmail.com. That's one word, tayportclimatefest at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the Plant Voices podcast. For more Tayport Community Garden stories and for information on how to get involved, visit our website on www.tayportgarden.org.